Hello, and welcome to Enough Wicker, a podcast where we take a healthy swig from the aquarium, put a flashlight under our chins, and watch the goldfish swim from cheek to cheek as we discuss the greatest television show of all time, The Golden Girls. I'm Lauren. And I'm Sarah. Yeah, that was it. That was a tough one. Um, and today we're tackling the 65th episode in the series, Blanche's Little Girl. Uh, <laughs> thank God for the levity that the St. Olaf story I provides. Right? <laughs> It, yeah, this is a, I don't think it will surprise anyone that this is an episode I avoid mm-hmm. pretty pretty regularly if it comes on, you know, television and or skipping around DVDs or it's not, it's not a rewatch no. uh, for me most of the time. However, I do think I actually built it up so much in my mind of like how bad it was actually going to feel and it was, it was still a little bit better. Than I expected. I don't know how you feel. That's interesting. I actually almost feel the opposite. I knew it was mm-hmm. going to be bad. I also think this is sort of universally a uh, hated episode. Or not a hated episode, but not a very well-liked episode. Correct. I feel it's like it's, you know... <laughs> not high marks. Generally, people don't like this one. Yes. Um, and so I kind of went in being like, I haven't seen it in a while. I do know it's bad. I was actually taken by, like, when she enters, every single line is a fat joke. Or, like, something about her weight. Or, like, how could you be happy with yourself? It's just, like, it doesn't let up. And then when it does, it's just Jeremy being mean to her. So I, yeah, I really, you know, this one's, it's not my favorite. Right. (laughs) But, but like, you know, this won't surprise anyone either. Dorothy saves it. Yeah. Because she doesn't participate. The way that everybody else is participating. Right, she does. I mean, and clearly it's, you know, it's real. It's Sophia and then Blanche. Yeah. I mean, Blanche probably, they're neck and neck just because Blanche has to have low marks because she's her mother. Right. But Dorothy doesn't fuck with that. No. And she's the one that is ready to break his goddamn neck yeah. and, like, cannot control herself, which I'm like, fuck. Yeah, yeah. girl. Like, I'm, I'm just like, put me in, coach. Yeah. I'm ready. <laughs> like, she is phenomenal. So for me... I guess the reason I thought it was better than I expected is because I didn't expect that much counterbalance in my memory. I knew that, like, she got angry and everybody got angry, but I, I didn't think it was going to make me feel, like, so viscerally, like, yeah, you're, like, she was so angry, and it was great. I see that. Yeah. I see that. Yeah, and yeah, also, yeah. the other thing about this one is the B story. Sophia basically, like, organizing a union at <laughs> is awesome. It's so funny. It's so good. And I... I, I it actually... I think that also lends itself to balancing this episode, but it's just kind of a bummer because I feel like that part is so funny that I would be inclined to watch an episode just for that, but, you know, like, the A story is just so... I know. ...emotionally but draining. It, it's just really funny when you think about the B story. It is really funny, but then you're like, this is incredibly fucked up. I know, <laughs> like, but it's also... It's true. It, it, like, it just, like, makes me further, you know, go down the anti-capitalist route. Yeah. Where it's like, where, you know, and skipping ahead, like, the reveal that, like, she's, she's like her grandmother. Nerd. Yeah. No, not, he, not even... Not, oh, yeah. yeah. The re- first to the reveal that he's literally, like, 15 yeah. or whatever... <laughs> Uh, is amazing, but also just the fact that one of the ladies is his grandmother, and it's just like, man, this is really fucked up. Yeah, Edna, the one who loves weed. Yeah. <laughs> I said, no reefer. I also love No, you can't put it in brownies. <laughs> Legalize it. Oh, my God. I said, no reefers. Um, okay, so, yes, the be- the very beginning... Like you said, as soon as Becky gets there, or even even before she gets there, it's 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 lovely just because we get to see 
Blanche being incredibly vulnerable. Mm -hmm. And, like, I actually love that she's crying. Like, I think it's lovely. And, like, you have that... She has the sort of frenzy of being prepared well, like, when Virginia's coming. But it's more... It's less to impress by being like, gotcha, bitch, I'm smarter than you. And more to just, like, actually prove to her daughter that she's sort of worthy. So I I think it's actually kind of touching in this way that we never really see Blanche. And then, you know, poor Becky walks in and just, like, is letting everything just roll off her back, even though everybody's being insanely rude to her. (laughs) Including... Sophia is this cute little grandma lady and you're just like what the fuck like, yeah. how would you even really feel and I think that that also the fact that she is just like smiling all through it it reads very true to people who mm-hmm. have to deal with this kind of abuse in their real life but also takes me out of it just because I'm like what the fuck I would like turn around and <laughs> I can't be in this place I know it's nuts anyway yeah I agree I think it's also um sort of a nod to the long-term writing of the show that Blanche is kind of in that frenzied state when yes. she's like getting ready and is like, oh, I just need four years and five minutes, you know? Like, but it, it's so similar to the Virginia thing. Mm-hmm. And even when Charmaine comes and she's competitive with Charmaine, like it just is such a, um, like a deeply ingrained character trait that yeah. I think it's really impressive that they're yeah. able to, to tap that um, this many times. And I, yeah, it's like, so Becky comes in and there's like the car cover joke, which is so over the top unnecessary. You know, like any Seriously. type of fat joke would be unnecessary, but it's like, oh my God. And just like Also she's what, like a size sixteen? I know. Like, get out it's of here. also <laughs> cut after cut and it's like I know. Ugh. And especially I feel like but again, I think Room Clanahan plays this so well because she you can see that she wants to be saying more than she's saying, but she also knows that like her, you know, she's on super thin ice. Right. So I think that she does a really good job acting that as mm-hmm. well. That's true. Yeah, I think it, <laughs> in the scene in the bedroom too of like the like, look at yourself, how can you be that's happy? That's the worst it's, line. Well I that's think. that is absolutely the worst line. But it, to the to way that Rue McClanahan plays it, it almost sort of, like, slips out of her yeah. mouth. And then, you know, Becky kind of fights back. And, like, it's, it's yeah, it's just, it's awful. And it makes me feel super gross more for Blanche than Sophia, even though Sophia is just, like, you're like, shut up already. Yeah, like, come on. It's really bad. But I do think it's all, like, mostly concentrated so hard. And I, I'm not saying it'd be better if it was more <laughs> spread out throughout the episode, but I think... Uh, clearly we have bigger fish to fry later. But I think that um, it just, it hurts so much that they have to write it like that just because it's one after another after another. Yeah, it's and, honestly, uh, and also I, I feel like that beginning scene, it's lazy. It's just like, exactly, you know, it's, it's like, what's a fat joke that we can write? And like, there's nothing about... It's just, like, not complex at all, you know? It's truly just looking at her size, and that's the whole thing. Yeah. And then, which makes the other, like, second part of the story even worse. I do think, logically, if somebody had this low self-esteem based on weight gain, which, like, we can, you know, there's other factors there, but that's, like, what the presentation is. Yeah. You would, you and could... weight gain plus her harassment Right, her exactly, mother. yeah. <laughs> Um, you could end up with a loser or date a loser like Jeremy, who's like yes. super mean to you and doesn't respect you and, you know, doesn't value you at all. So that part, okay, but it's just like this whole episode is about this 
poor girl being verbally assaulted by everyone around her. It's like, oh, Literally, literally. I just, yeah. So I, I kind of... First, first, I want to comment on like Becky's accent. I'm not familiar oh, with what accents, is it? but like, it sounds like she's like from Brooklyn impersonating a southern person. <laughs> it sounds like if I was trying, to yeah, speak. I'm not gonna do it, but I, I want to try. <laughs> <laughs> I think you should just do it at some point later yeah. in the episode. Um, yeah, I just it, it it also takes me out of it. I think, and it's really like when she's like popular. Yeah, because it's sort of I don't know. It sounds like almost somebody making fun of Blanche's accent right. outside of the show. Anyway, it's very I bizarre. And also, I do feel like so the other thing that's interesting about the Blanche and Rebecca dynamic is like they had a fight. I guess like you know, obviously there's years of stuff behind this, but their fight that sort of separated them was that Becky wanted to leave college. Yeah, which like. I'm not saying this is fair, but I do think that is something where you're like, okay, I could see how that would be a big enough rift that you right. would lose touch for a little bit. Um, whereas, you know, sometimes it's like Blanche sold a pocket watch, so sure means never going to talk to her again. Like sometimes <laughs> it's really stupid stuff. Right. Um, but this seems to sort of make sense to me conceptually as to why it would cause such a big sort of like blow up. It does, but also it's another example of Blanche being like, do as I say, not as I do. Right. Because come on, Blanche, you totally would have left college to become a model. Right. And you know, you're not allowed back in Chattanooga. Like you've got a pass girl, yeah. like especially when you're a young troublemaker. So it could be a case of like this, this backstory that we get very little information on could be a case of like her just trying to protect Becky from making poor decisions, whatever, whatever. But yeah, it's, it's, yeah. It's I mean, she weird. also went to Paris to model, which, Seems to me like maybe she, she was, was like winning. pretty serious. Yeah, like <laughs> she was doing pretty well. So, and it's yeah. like, and, and even the reason I thought of that is because when they're in the bedroom and Becky's like, you know, I couldn't be bright. I had to be the brightest. It was like, mm. yeah. I get that you're saying there's a lot of pressure, but I think everybody wants their kid to be the best and like the, you know, the best they can be. So I was like, this isn't exactly, um, it's Unique. just not exa- right. It's not exactly being described well. I don't think your <laughs> yeah. your issue with your mom is maybe like that she has made ten fat jokes since you got here an hour ago. Like <laughs> not that she <laughs> yeah. wanted you to do well in school. <laughs> I love. Well, I mean, I think we all agree Becky needs therapy. Yeah, but I think that. And you know what? I'm happy it works out for her because she does say to Blanche that she wants a family. She says mm-hmm. she wants a family and a husband. So clearly we see her, you know, living a much more healthy life and much more sure of herself later in the right. series when we have her say to Blanche, she's just going to have a fucking baby. Mm-hmm. But anyway, we're getting ahead of ourselves. So <laughs> After she lost a lot of weight and I, like, she totally changed her look. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> and I guess she also, she changed her accent. I'm not sure it gets a little lighter. She definitely heavies it's definitely it up. It's definitely different. It's hilarious. But all right, are we ready for douchebag to enter? The yes, scene? this because, guy. Man, the doorbell rang and I got a pit in my stomach. Ugh, like that's how worst. I remember this episode, right? I mean, top two villain on our Golden Girls villain list, yes. only behind the physical abuser of Rex. But. Yes, and I, I think that um, recently on Twitter, you can follow us at Enough Wicker. I <laughs> tweeted that list out because of. This are we on episode. Twitter really? <laughs> because of this Just episode. Kidding. And people agreed. I think that we, um, you know, he's terrible. He's such a bad guy. And it's a bummer because I, I knew, I know I've seen him before, you know, like this actor. And Murphy Brown Pod mm-hmm. tweeted at us and was like, oh, yeah, that's Frank. And I was like, yes, like it all makes so much sense to me because he's a really <laughs> likable guy on Murphy Brown. Right, right. And he, you know, like I 
always had this association with him. And so um, it was interesting for me to, like, realize that and be like, oh, totally. okay, Jeremy, <laughs> I'll it's give actually, you a chance. It's actually no. a risk for, like, an actor like that really to is. take a role like this. Because if you're a good actor, like this guy is, you're extremely believable. And I just, I have a gross feeling whenever I see his face. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. And he's really good because he's, like, it's kind of subtle. It's not like he's, like... It's almost uh, backhanded insults sometimes with him, you know? Like, it's... Uh, like, just was like, she talking to you? Right. Like, it's just, like, that's how he is. It doesn't feel put on. Like, it doesn't feel... It's just, like, which it makes him much worse, I think, is that you get the sense that that is who he is. He's not sort of um, inflating it. He's not deflating it at all. Um, and I think that that is very true to life versus, yeah. like... Rex is Rex is obviously a terrible guy. He's he's played well, but he's a little over the top. He's like, oh, she's always late, you know. <laughs> you're right. You're right. Well, I think the creepiest part, and the reason why, I think when we were originally ranking them, they were kind of neck and neck, and I just, but I immediately thought Jeremy first mm-hmm. because of the insidiousness of like being charming on the outside, like a fucking sociopath and then being a crazy abusive motherfucker. Yeah, like, like a you said. Guy. So I think Rex is just like, I'm an abuser. Yeah. <laughs> Where, you know what I mean? Where Jeremy has like, let me help you with that. Yeah. And then like, here you go, Becky. And, and just has those like, Oh my God, it's just, I, I've met people like this and it makes your skin crawl. Cause mm-hmm. it's so, you can so easily see it as and this, this is if you're too from extreme. The outside. This is not extreme. You know, I'm thinking Holly, right? Where it's like Ugh. one of those things where you put on a face with some people, and with other people, you're a manipulator, and like no one can see the other side of it. I think Jeremy absolutely could be a person like that. Oh yeah, I'm sure at work everyone loves him. I, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> seriously, wherever the fuck he was in Paris, you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just as soon as he goes immediately, like, Becky, was she talking to you? I just, I almost like Ugh. leapt out of my fucking seat. And I was like, God damn it. It does. It gives me like the heebie-jeebie. It's like, yeah, no, oh, it's God. And you know, gross. like, I feel like we were basically dancing around this, but I think he's a very uh, common guy. Like, I think there's a I lot know. of Jeremy's. men out there like that. And it's like, there's more, or I don't know more, but like, I think I personally interact more with Jeremy's and Rex's just yes, because of like, correct. you know, and it's like, how do you get, but the problem is, you know, there's people like Rebecca who have such low senses of self and that's not, you know, that's not a, a damning comment about them. It's just, no. I think that if you're going to be with somebody who's like that, you have to have some sort of bad relationship with yourself. It's like, you know, RuPaul says, if you can't love yourself, how the hell are you going to love somebody else? That's very true. But I also think it's it, like, yes, a little bit of low self-esteem, but I also think that, people and specifically women find themselves in the situation because of what Becky is saying. Like I want a a husband and a kid and like I'm running out of time. And sometimes a lot of people don't even have good examples of what like a healthy relationship actually looks like. So they're like, well, this must be it. Because look at our garbage culture with just being like, oh, the man, you know, old ball and chain and all this other stuff. And like, you know, you have to make sure that you look good for me. And like, I feel like there are still so many people in our country particularly, that think that that's okay. Yeah. Because they're just like, this is just how it is. And they have no idea that, like, Jeremy's are garbage Right. I think also with, uh, yeah, I definitely think it's often women who allow, or not allow, women who... um, Are dating men. Date men like that. And then 
you know, it's like, I feel like even it's so evident to me sometimes on social media, I feel like is when I'm most often seeing this stuff. And I'm like, he doesn't deserve you. You, you have like a hundred million posts about this guy. First of all, enough. <laughs> Wrap know, it up. We don't need it. I know, it. seriously. And he like could not care less about, like, it's just so inequitable sometimes with like how much I, and I also almost always feel like the woman is actually like better than the man. Not in, in every single case for sure. No, I but don't. in most of the time, like that guy is so, also regardless of whether or not I like him, he sucks. He's really mean to you. Why yes. do you put up with this? And I just, I think it is very indicative of like you're saying, like the cultural messaging to women, which is like, all you need to do is get a man to love you and then you're good. And for men, it's like, women are definitely going to love you. Don't worry about that. Go focus on other things yeah. and then you'll end up with somebody great like it's the messaging and is they'll just take so, care of all exactly your shit. yeah terrible and it's it's uh it's kind of horrifying even though i knew that at a much earlier age i think than some people like like i really you know i like felt it mm -hmm. <laughs> i could understand something was fucked up and like garbage about that messaging but the work that i had to do to unpack that and like the resources available to me and like all of the privilege that i have that actually got me to the point that i am today that can definitively say that men like jeremy are garbage like that that was a lot that was right. way longer and like one of the things i'm most excited for of having a daughter is to like make sure she gets to that point way earlier yeah like, you know to really understand all of the stuff that just gets in your subconscious that you don't even realize. So yeah, I think all of this is conspiring to just give Becky a really shit deal. Right. And I think that's all the stuff that's like sort of the baseline for women growing up or girls growing up, I guess at that time. And, and obviously it's gotten better, but it's still like you're saying, like totally, that's still the message is that like, you need to, you're, you know, self-worth is wrapped up in all of these other things and it's not for men. And then I think there's the added layer of Becky having gained weight in a super fat phobic society. Absolutely. In As a, a model. Right. In an incredibly fat phobic industry. Yeah. And then she has to go back to her mother, which like also like think about it. They hadn't talked for years already because of like some weirdness. She knows her mom. Like she knows she's not going to be like thrilled with her Correct. body. Correct. And so just like so much pressure on this one person and now you know she's got this loser boyfriend and so like I also I like we'll get into this but I appreciate Blanche having this complicated like back and forth about whether or not she should say something because mm -hmm. you know if you say something and they end up together you're kind of on the outs probably forever for totally. a long time and but I think this is a great example also of like if you don't like somebody's significant other you don't you shouldn't say anything if it's not whatever but if it's abusive I think that you know, creates a different kind of situation. Absolutely. And particularly your daughter. Right. Right. So this is, I mean, this is really, <sighs> anyway, let's take, let's take a little break. Right. I, I need a fucking drink <laughs> so we can, we can go uh, sell you some stuff. We and... hate Jeremy. <laughs> we'll be back later. <laughs> All right. We are, we are back. Um, we're going to talk right about, I'd love to talk about the look that Blanche gives Jeremy. They have a nice close-up on Rue McClanahan when he <laughs> gives that, that first, you know, like, what was she talking to you look? And she, it's like the first dagger, right? And it's the first sense of like, ooh, what the fuck was that, <laughs> right? And she goes, I'm sorry. Or, I don't know, yeah. you want to do it? No, I think you, <laughs> I think you got it. <laughs> Listen, I can do Laszlo, but you know it's really That's hard pretty for good, to do like something. That. Yeah, um, thank you. But uh, it, it it is it's tragic because Blanche is dishing it out as well as we just all discussed of like how tough that is. 
but it is a really, it's one of the first of many amazing looks that this guy totally deserves. And I think it's just, it just reminds me of being at a party and looking at like my best friend when there's like the shittiest dude, mm. just like talking either to us or to somebody else. And you're just like, can we just like talk with our yeah. eyes about, and Blanche isn't looking, she's just talking to herself, right? You know, she's just marking it in her brain of how he's treating her daughter, but it's, it's just phenomenal. Yeah. And there's a lot more of that, obviously. Yeah. And I actually think it's a really smart move on the writing, like the writer's part to have that happen so quickly after he enters. And correct. So right away that you're like starting off on the bed. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And it's also, it's interesting that they all see it. Mm -hmm. And so like they, I'm sure like also as friends, they all kind of like look at Blanche cause it's like, well, we all, that we all heard that. Right. Yeah. Um, and then I think it's nice when we get to see her sort of be like, oh, I'd like to pour this hot coffee right down his yes. pants. You know, like she's getting really to a boiling point. And, and you know, that's totally, totally relatable. Um, and Dorothy too, right? Yeah. She goes, how can you let him talk to her? I mean, clearly. Yeah. We saw a little taste of it. and then The dinner must have been excruciating. Yeah, terrible, you know? terrible. Yeah. And also, I mean, all of them. Even like when Sophia comes in, she's like, I can't listen to that anymore. Yeah. It's like so... We all, you know, I think that that also sort of bolsters the case for Blanche to have to, like, intervene because it's just, like, it's not just that you're getting a vibe from him. It's that everybody who meets him clearly they knows immediately, he's a douchebag. Yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. They, they've, like, it, it, you don't even have to check, like, am I right about this? Yeah. Everyone's like, what the fuck? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's true. Um, I want to talk about one part, though, where they walk, they're walking back into the living room from the lanai from dinner, and she goes, all right. <laughs> See, okay. <laughs> Jeremy. Let me try again. Jeremy, you didn't say anything about my new outfit. You know that's not very nice. Or I, that was, how, how was that, everybody? <laughs> um, I can't. I can't speak Southern and, like, take myself seriously. But I, I, that part takes me out of it because, it, it, first, <laughs> it's so hard to talk about this, but it's like, the line just is so weird to me, and it's bizarre. And I, I was trying to think about this. I think it's like because if you took out that Jeremy was a was a jackass mm -hmm. and an abusive jackass at that, and it was just like talking weirdly and like where you see couples and you're just like your relationship's so weird. <laughs> I feel like it's that that's that's what like it's almost like a malfunctioning relationship on both sides with that line. Like you know that's not very nice. Like. What, what, in what world would you sort of say that? You know, I, I can't, I can't really put my finger on what is odd about it, but I think it's because it's coming from her. She's not acting totally normal in this fucked up relationship either. Right. Only based on that line. Yeah. Just well, because I, it seems strange. I, I think that that is indicative also of like, you know, these, I feel like I, um, I have dated somebody who I feel did this was like super inflated with compliments at the beginning, mm -hmm. you know, and like was like to you, like, yeah, to yeah. me, but it was like sort of almost like manic, like it was like <laughs> over the top. And I feel like that is often how relationships start with people like that. And I, I wouldn't say this person that I dated was like Jeremy at all, but like, you know, I think that he, you could understand that he at some point was like, kind of in a fake way, like sort of well, fawning like over her. her. Right, yeah. exactly. You have to end up together somehow. Right, exactly. And so I think that also somebody like her would respond very um, enthusiastically to like superficial compliments. Right, And okay. so maybe they've completely dropped off because he's like a super 
dick, but like, I, I feel like maybe that's what she's looking for for validation, and that's the only kind of validation that she gets. And so when she's not getting it, she's like, "Hey, you're my boyfriend. You love me. Tell me, you know." And so that's sort of what I took from it. But that I agree, it's such really, a yeah, terrible that, line. <laughs> that's really insightful. I like that and appreciate you said that. I think then it makes it more clear to me that my issue really is with the, you know, that's not very nice. Mm, yeah. <laughs> As opposed to, I would have really loved it if it, it would be more heart wrenching if she was just like, you didn't say anything about my new outfit. And right, she was I like, agree. sort of like lilting out there and like fishing for that compliment instead of this, like, I don't know what it is. It's like yeah. this weird, like, like shaming teacher. Yeah. teacher relationship or like a parent, like being a dick. Yeah, I, it's I not cute. I think maybe it's supposed to be cute, it's but it's not cute. Yeah. cute. She, she definitely delivers it. Like that was the director's intent. Right. Director's intent, yeah, yeah. It is weird. I agree. It does yeah. sort of take you out of the, like, it just kind of is like, Oh yeah, this is written. <laughs> I know. I know. Um, let's talk about two great lines that are, well written, but also like it's one of those lines that in the moment you're like, "Well, I these are the best. This is the best possible delivery of the available words to me that represent my emotion without actually <laughs> saying the thing I'm thinking." So there's two instances of that. One is when you know Blanche is hugging her, and, and you know Becky isn't like, "Aren't you happy for me?" And she just goes, "Happy isn't the word for it," <laughs> which like. Brilliant. I yeah. mean, like, hey, come on, you know, if you're not going to say anything right now, that's like all the words available yep. to you. And then, of course, the classic, you know, Becky's a bigger everything. Not everything, Jeremy. <laughs> so and good. Oh, I just wrote, I wrote, fuck yeah. yeah <laughs> that's like, a, that, the best. that's it. Like the, the, that, that's the one. And it's then, so understated, her delivery, which yes. just adds so, it's just like. She leans back in the chair. Yes. Oh, it's so good. That one is top there's a lot of um so like there's that sort of like the famous like b arthur slay yes and then i would also say <laughs> the saint olaf story that we get is top tier oh as well as the yalta conference mm. so like there's a lot of good sort of like peak golden girls-ness in this one you're right um which you're again right. just sucks that the plot is so terrible to i know live well I mean, yeah exactly all right let's talk about one more thing about uh douchebag jeremy before we go into mccracken okay yeah I do want to talk about <laughs> just the you know that that b arthur slay that happens and then when she gets up and says that's it and like can't handle it anymore oh, i yeah. can't handle her anymore because i'm so in love with dorothy in that so moment good. mostly because I absolutely would explode yeah. if I were in that situation myself and I probably would have punched the guy yeah. and like it's I just feel it so viscerally and like at the moment I'm feeling it so viscerally and want to explode sitting on my couch watching the show B. Arthur jumps up <laughs> it's, like, it's like she's just my like my soul went into her and like I'm feeling I'm just feeling that moment so powerfully and I think it's really awesome yeah and I, I also think, yeah. love Blanche's response she's like calm down we'll get you a <laughs> I know it's actually really it's a really good like damper on the situation. Yeah, but it is it's totally relatable. And I I actually feel like I am generally pretty hard to like it's pretty difficult to light my fuse, but it's very short. So I think I would have I don't think I would have made it to that point either. As, That's as really Dorothy. funny because Dennis my husband has this like nice guy Ohio Midwestern thing and he says that all the time. He's just like, "I'm going to give you the longest lead of the yeah. benefit of the doubt. But if you fuck with me, it's a short cliff. Very small. Yeah, exactly. It's like, I really am generally not a very mad person, but I just couldn't, 
imagine myself lasting. I mean, that. yeah, it would be them's fighting words for sure. Yeah. All right, so let's, let's talk about McGregor. Oh yeah, the other this, this guy, this capitalist swine. Um, this so, boy. Yeah, this little this little cute little teen. Um, <laughs> yeah. So first of all, like I love it's like very Norma Ray to me. The whole thing is like, I'm like, they do eventually talk about going on strike, but from the very beginning when Sophia's like, this is ridiculous, we're not allowed to take bathroom breaks and whatever, I'm like, start a union! I know, absolutely. <laughs> Ten minutes. Yeah. That, that, that's such a good line. I know, <laughs> it's really, it's excellent. I, um, I, also, I love the patch that she has on her little, so like, pinko's speed. It's like, you know, just like, you know, the prop guys were like, yeah, Saddle whatever. Bag of yeah. fries with yeah. that ranch burger. <laughs> But, uh, when, you know, so they're talking. So Meg Wiley, yes. again, right? So she's in every single role. Just Fifth playing, Golden Girl. Yep, exactly. Playing the, uh, well, that that's Terry Hughes. That's, yeah, uh, and also yeah. Stan. You yeah. Know, like, yeah, there's some fair. others. But she's, a, she's, she's eighth in there. Yeah. yeah. But uh, I also, I think the she's your punchline, I mean, I'm sorry, she's your punchline. She's your grandmother punchline is really good. I don't think it gets enough of a laugh. I agree. I, yeah, I was kind of bummed about that. I was like, that's great. It's what a great a reveal. reveal. Yeah, I agree. I mean, the reveal, of course, of him being a, a, a dweeb, a young yeah. little kid, is great, too. But That might be why it doesn't get as big of a reaction, because he's, you know, he walks in and they kind of laugh at him, and then Rose is like, you want some double-stuffed Oreos? And he's super played back. Yeah. And I also think that lends itself, because if he was, like, you know, like a punk kid, totally. you'd be like, oh, this kid. Ugh. We've also all met this loser teenager. He's exactly. too big for his britches, but he's super sweet. And so, yeah. like, that, Mr. McCracken. Yeah, like, that also really lends itself to it. <laughs> um, and it's just so funny that they're all in their, like, chow wagon, like, hats. You exactly. Know? It's so good. It's, yeah, it's, it's an excellent costuming choice that's very easy to do. Yeah. <laughs> it makes me wonder if they were like, how can we put her in a cowboy hat and have it make sense? Absolutely. Like, you know, I mean, we already, you know. <laughs> Is that a Captain Jack seafood shanty? Yeah. It's it's a great conceit that she just gets these jobs. It is, it is. And we love Edna, you know, like the, we already talked about it, but the reefer lines are so funny on the phone. And she's like, (laughs) (laughs) bring some sherry. Yeah. (laughs) I said no reefers. Yeah. Okay. Okay. (laughs) So good. And then, um, so I do want to talk about the St. Olaf story because also when, (laughs) Dorothy's like back in St. Olaf, back in St. Olaf, back in St. Olaf, and Rose is like, oh, you know, I never, I never, I never thought, thought about it. it. And then she is like, you know, back in that name or in that town whose name you're tired of hearing. It's so just sweet and like she means you know she really thinks like it's just like oh yeah i guess i'd say that word to you. you know like Correct. it's she so thinks that genuine the, the phrase saint olaf is the issue is the here, trigger yeah it's just <laughs> so great nuts <laughs> but like you said earlier it's like we get the saint olaf story and then we also get the picture it you know the yalta conference yeah which is awesome and i just love that she's describing it to uh McCracken. yeah <laughs> And yeah, it's it's just great, like a, a one two. Um, also, but but yeah, the the take a healthy swig from the aquarium just made me almost like spit out my drink because <laughs> it's really yeah they're just getting weirder and weirder. Yeah, you know? which yeah, is, which totally. I like, I enjoy. Um, okay, so I want to go quickly back to Becky and Jeremy when when she's like storming out after 
Blanche kind of like you know feels like she has to tell her. Yeah. The bag handoff. <laughs> Becky just like takes. Oh my god! I know. Like, 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 like she's tackling a football yeah. player. Yeah. It's really. I feel bizarre. like that's done for effect, but it's like. Ugh. I know. You're like no one grabs that kind of a suitcase that way. No, no, and I also think that um sort of uh, to kind of loop back to what you were saying in the beginning about Blanche being super vulnerable. Yeah. When she's like having a conversation, she's like, my bad mother. Like, I just, I really feel for her in this situation because it would be super complicated to decide whether or not you want to say something at all from the beginning. And then once you've done it and it doesn't go well, you know, I'm sure it's like a really tough mix of sort of regretting saying something, but also knowing that you had to, like, what a, ter- what a magenta type of feeling. Oh my God, though, seriously. And the thing that's really fucked up is like, yes, this is a sitcom and it solves itself almost immediately. In, in fact, only in a ride to the airport. Right. But the truth is like, it takes like umpteenth times to get people out of an abusive relationship, particularly women. And she, there is no guarantee that one, he's not going to physically abuse right. her. And two, that she's ever going to talk to her again. Yeah. Or see her or know where she lives or anything. And clearly, like, Jeremy knows that, like, you know, this is a bad situation. And like what you said before, if you already write off the spouse and then, or, you know, the the partner and then they get married, then you know that the partner's against you and, like, they're not exactly going to help see you or keep a connection. So it's, yeah, it's it's really... um, in, in real life, that's a really fucking fucked up piece Especially when you her. know that she wants to have kids. Yes. And first of all, you wouldn't be, theoretically, you'd be cut out of their lives. And no. also, do you want that to be your fucking grandkid's dad? Like, if he's like that to her, he's not going to be any better to yeah. a child. It's, yeah. Um, and so, yeah, it's a really tough one. And I, like, the thing is, like, Becky comes back, and that's great. You know, it's great that she, whatever. But I wish it was a message of, like, I know that I'm too good for him versus, like, I know I'm too good for him and I also know that I'm great as I am. And it it doesn't quite get there. Like, there's not enough of a message of self-acceptance, especially, particularly around, like, her body. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, like, I still feel like there's, like, we're going to work together. I, I don't know. I just get, like, a vibe from it that's, like, I want to basically be skinny and then I'll have it you know it just it feels like that's looped in and that's I don't obviously I don't like that yeah exactly it's it's not (laughs) we the 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 sort of like over the fat shaming storyline doesn't actually get resolved right it's just like continues on and in fact like you know Blanche let her have the fucking cheesecake for Christ's sake you just got her out of an abusive relationship like come on you know it's like she ruins that whole moment just right at the end of it and yeah, you're right. Like the acceptance line isn't quite in the full acceptance that we can view it with today. Right, right. Because I still think there's like this sort of assumption that like she's her life is going to get better and she's going to lose weight. And it's like, well, one of those things could happen without the other. Like she doesn't need to lose weight. You know, I just no. I feel like that's never even nope. remotely raised as a possibility, which is just a miss. And that's... you know, like we've talked about how this this show has a big fat phobic like running thing that yes. goes into it. And, and this so is like the most representative. Yeah, this is for sure. For sure. It's awful. The pinnacle. Um, before we get to the ending, the actual ending ending, I'd love to talk about two uh, things that we didn't, we didn't touch on. One is uh, when Jeremy is like, oh, things are, you know, like slow at Sunnybrook Farm. <laughs> Like, so I was like, what the fuck is that? I didn't even know. I'm sure we'll know in uh, Matt Browning's reference book. But <laughs> Rebecca of Sunnybrook Farm is like a 1903 children's novel. 
Ah, interesting. Which, yeah, so and apparent, it's apparently about like this woman, you know, this girl Rebecca and her aunt's one who is kind and one. Oh who's, wow, like, so it's very stern. literal, Rebecca. Wow, <laughs> yes, Rebecca okay. Sunnybrook Farm, which I thought was hilarious. Yeah, so, takes place in Maine. Who knew? Who knew? Um, pretty wild. But then also uh, something we didn't talk about, which is really hilarious, right in the very beginning of like, if it's one. <laughs> Blanche is showing the, you know, the the postcard, the letter from uh, Rebecca, and she's like, Rose is like, if it's another one of those adult toys in the back of a sleazy magazine, I don't, I'm not interested. Yeah. She's like, I am. Let me yeah. see it, Ma. Wait your turn. Yeah, it's so funny. It's it's really, uh, it's a great turn because, like, we were talking about with like the vulnerability of Blanche, but even just a beat before that, she's like classic her ordering like sex toys. Yeah, so, you know. and it's very, it is really funny when Rose is like, I don't want that. Yeah, you know? it's like, <laughs> yeah, not interested. Yeah. <laughs> And everybody else is like, hang on, yeah. let's see. <laughs> what did you get? You know, it just, it rang really true. And like, you can actually see like female roommates like, yeah. comparing a new vibrator. That for sure. You know, for just very like, check Sex in the City, Golden Girls, Waxo, Sex in the I'm City. telling you, there you go. Um, I also really quickly, so I do feel like there's a fair amount of late night doorbell rings in this show. <laughs> and I was like, I kind of think that should be a little bit more concerning. Like everybody's just like, oh, I'll go by myself, answer the door at, I don't know, what time it's supposed to be, like 11, 12 at night. Like, Ma'am, you really shouldn't open the door by yourself exactly. in the okay. middle of the night. Fine. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, you really shouldn't. <laughs> yeah, it's very true. It's really, uh, I don't know, but yeah, I guess no cell phones. Who knows? I know. You would call the house phone. Ah, oh, it's very strange. So, all right, but what, what's with the ending? When they're like, ah. <laughs> I thought we agreed we weren't going to talk about the children. I think it's like kind of. I think it, I see what they're saying. It's like you know, parenting is kind of always taxing. You know, like through your whole life, and there's. I feel like it's funny, almost like a nod at like a younger cast. Like if it was a different kind of show. Yeah. Um. But, yeah, it's a weird placement for it. I feel like maybe somebody wrote that line, and they were like, oh, we should definitely use this, and they are like, oh, how about here? It doesn't quite fit in. But I think it's it's just so exasperating, mm. where it's like, it's almost as if it was going to have, like, a to-be-continued flashed on the screen or something. Because <laughs> it's like, we did, quote-unquote, resolve the issue. Well, I think it wasn't resolved, though, and I think that this is reflective of that. I mean, the Jeremy thing is resolved, yes. but, like, Blanche is still theoretically on super thin ice with her child. She's obviously, like, there's still this whole matter of, like, her body and, like, how that affects both her and Blanche, yeah. you know, cause, which is stupid. But, so, I was thinking maybe it's that? I guess. I, I don't know. That's the best explanation for it, but to me it just, it it again took me out of it. I was like, well, what's going on? Like, it's like, I, I get the exasperation of like, whoo, like that was a lot. We just got rid of this terrible guy. Like you said, I'm still on thin ice and all that. But it just, it just seemed like heavily dramatic. It's similar. I see what you're saying. It's like a similar effect of the, that's not very nice. Like, you know, it's yeah. like, where, what is that? Right. Like it kind of just was like a, a blip in yeah. like the just smooth sailing. I see it. <laughs> it <was> very strange. <laughs> so... Anyway, you know, poor Becky, like we said, we see her later with Aurora. Oreo! Um, and, uh, <laughs> it's very nice, and it all happens. Uh, it, it's all Yeah, fun. it works out for her. Yes, exactly. So, anyway. Um, <laughs> man, I need another drink. You know. Uh, all right, what do you what do you got? Anything else? No, I'm I'm all I'm all done. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right, team. Well, join us next time. We're going to discuss the difference between the children's version and the adult version <laughs> of hide and seek, as well as anti-Semitism. <laughs> Take care. Jimmy! Um, I <laughs> you see, I can't do it. Be serious. <laughs>